the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show. Good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for a free credit report evaluation. RepairMyCreditNow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today? Today, we've got another great guest. My name is Doug Parker. I'm the host of the show, and we've got Jeff Klein on the show with us today, and he is uh, an expert in several things. He uh, wrote a book called Networking the Cards You're Dealt. He's a speaker, a business strategist, and consultant, and he really, really has expertise in building best of class in sales and customer service teams. Well, he started way back in his days as a tipped valet for Disneyland Hotel, where he could learn from folks like Michael Eisner. So I know there's a lot more to what you got going on, but what all did I leave out in the in the intro there, sir? You know, I mean, we have you have more than one hour. We have <laughs> there's there's plenty of stuff. No, you know, I mean, I I worked for tips for many years, and I learned how to just be who I am by working for tips. And at the same time, I you know, I, I worked through the system, you know, I went to school, it took a long time, I paced myself, had a lot of fun, you know, figured out how to learn how to study, do all the things you're supposed to do. And, and at the same time, you know, I, I would, I would say I accidentally fell into a really great opportunity that turned into, you know, when you say accidentally, it's, I didn't know where it was going to take me, I didn't know it was going to take me to, uh, to where I am today. But a lot of a lot of my background is just from you know, I, I'm a collector of good people, and I love having fun with people. And uh, in fact, I'm actually going. Uh, you know, I, I I I go on a regular basis to see uh, see my friends I grew up with in Phoenix. I, even though I live out here in California, and that's really what taught me how to be who I am. That's how I do it. You know, you you, you talk about being a collector of good people, and and you mention um, you know working for tips. And you know, somebody I'd heard this one time before, and it, it wasn't directly said to me, but it was just it was said in, in a conversation. But it was talking about you know your raise will become effective when you do, and when you're in commissioned environments, when you're in tipped environments, you know you get tipped and 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 promoted and raises and those, and those things when you're effective. Now the reality is. Um, sometimes you don't always get the tip that you deserve or the promotion that you deserve or whatever the case is. But if you're not doing the type of activities that would get you a raise or a tip, you're definitely not going to get it uh, from what I've seen in the past. So that's that's a, a neat environment to you know kind of have the experience with because you got to hustle. You really got to get out there and work. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and by the way, I mean the the best. I think the best learning experience I had is you know being able to work at the Disneyland Hotel, for example. It's a very diverse group of people, so it's it's not like you're working for the Ritz Carlton or the Four Seasons or something else, where you know people traditionally have to have money to go pay for a room at that level, right? But at the same time, you go to you go to Disney or you go to other you know whether it's Orlando or you go to any other type of place where you have a mixed pot of people. You have people at lower economic scale, higher economic scale, but everyone's there for the purpose. And I think. For me, that was the best part was that I got to see, you know, somebody would come in and you could tell just by talking to them and having some sort of interaction with them, not to mention their, you know, their their van packed with you know luggage and suitcases and and strollers and all that stuff. You could tell like where they were coming from versus, you know, someone would come in with three cars and one person's driving them around and, you know, and they get out of the car and they've got, you know, all matching luggage. And, you know, if, if they have kids, they have a stroller and they had a nanny. So like there was this different style and you had to learn how to adapt to each person. So for me, it was it was great because I got I got an experience that not everyone not everyone gets to see. But 
but I didn't clearly, I didn't go there and say, oh, I'm going to have this experience that everyone doesn't get to see, but it's just how it played out. So it was pretty cool. You know, I've heard a lot of great stuff uh, about Disney and, and I think there's a book, it's, I think it's called Creating Magic or, or something to that effect. But um, with that being said, ha- have you, do you have a favorite memory of, uh, of Disney? Oh, I have, I have so many favorite memories. Um, you know, I, I have a, I think the best experience on a tipped level, I think, would be uh, I, I had experience with management. I had experience with Michael Eisner. I had experience across the board. But I'll give you my favorite, one of my favorite tipped moments that made me realize just how uh, how much I enjoyed doing what I did. Um, one of the best experiences I had was I, I remember this guy came in and he actually came in with his family and they went up to their, they got their room, they did whatever they did. And later that day they came out and he, he and I were talking while another valet was going to get the car. Cause I was a valet there and we were talking and I was asking him where, you know, if he knew where he'd like to go for dinner, what would he like? You know? And, and he started telling me about this place that he remembered that stuck in his head from when he was there almost 30 years earlier, which was almost the beginning of when the park opened. And I remember having the whole conversation. I mean, I can actually visualize it while I'm talking to you. And we were having this conversation. And when he told me, and I said, you know, I think it's this place called Belial's, which was down on Harbor Boulevard, which is by Disneyland. And I go, I think that's it. Because, it, you know, it was, it was Orange Groves. And he went there. And, and, and before he left, he went to give me a dollar. And the dollar was meant for the valet that was pulling up the car. And I intentionally said to him, no, you know, I didn't do anything. Give it to the, give it to the guy pulling up the car, right? I mean, that's, that's what you do. And I felt great about helping him. I felt great about having the conversation. And I figure I'm there for you know six, eight hours a day. This is what you do, right? You you, you help people and you figure out how to make their experience better. And it was funny because that night he came back and he pulled in. And I remembered two things about him. He first he had a Las Vegas or a Nevada license plate, which if you're working in tips and you figure it out, anytime you see a Nevada plate, you're like excited because they tip more because <laughs> they're used to tipping. I mean, you know, look, I'm not going to sell you. I'm going to tell you this is how it works. I mean, you see a Nevada plate and I can't tell you how many valets jumped off their feet to run to help that car. I mean, that's that's how it works. You know, whoever hustled better and more efficiently got to that car with Nevada plates. But what was great was he had that and he had one of these like kind of casino jackets on. And I remember that and we were talking and, and he jumps out of the car and he actually remembered my name. He's like, Jeff, I got to tell you, that was so great. That was exactly the restaurant. That was this, that was this, that was this. And the guy gave me five bucks for parking his car. And I thought about it at that moment, how cool it was. And I thought about how great it was, but I didn't really think about it being like the biggest deal in the world until years later, I actually reflected on it. And I even put it in my book because it's such a neat moment. But the next part about that, which was great, here I was thinking this guy, you know, he's just a Nevada guy, plays at a casino, you know, goes to the small casinos with his jacket. You know, yeah, he stepped up and gave me five bucks. And that was really cool. The next day I see him again and I just said, hey, you know, by the way, you know, thanks again for last night. It was great seeing you. I hope you have a safe trip. I'm actually going to be in Vegas later today because, you know, in college, you just figure out how to go there, right? <laughs> so I, I went there and I and he said to me, oh, where are you staying? I'm like, I don't know. We haven't found a place yet. You know, he's like, really? I go, yeah, we're college guys. I mean, that's what you do. You just drive out. And he goes, you have a phone? And he actually, I said, yeah, we have a house phone. And he went to the house phone and he makes a call and he asked the question. He said, hey, do we have any rooms available at the Excalibur tonight? And he's like, Jeff, what's your last name? I told him my last name. And he goes, it's, you know, it's for Jeff Clyde. And it's done. It's just booked. Put it under my name. And he, he gives me his card. And he was the CFO of Circus Circus Enterprises. Whoa. And it was crazy. It was crazy. And it was not only was it crazy, but I'll tell you how much crazy it was. I actually, whenever I went to Vegas for the next couple of years, I would call him from a house phone if I ever made it to like Excalibur or Circus Circus. I would call him from a house phone because they didn't have pay phones or they didn't have cell phones back then. But I would call him and he'd, he'd answer my call. Like, hey, are you having fun? What's going on? Never met, never saw him again. But it was, it was you know, great memory, great experience. And, you know, it made, me, it, it made me think years later about that customer service experience that, you know, truly, you know, I could have taken that in any direction. But the direction it went was amazing. You know, the it really goes to show you. I know we're going to talk a little bit about your book in in the next segment, but 
it just goes to show you that you never know who is who and, and you know, what's going on in, in, in their life or whatever the case is. And also, you know, what kind of an impression you can make on them and, and how the little things, you know, can really, really make a, a huge, a huge difference. But, um, you know, let's let's kind of talk a little bit about, you know, we've got a little bit about your past and some stuff from Disney. So let's talk a little bit about what you do to, to grow, you know, to educate yourself. I mean, obviously, uh, you talked about you went to school and, and those kind of things. But what do you do now today to kind of to expand your mind? So now I uh, actually have a consulting practice. And, and about three or four years ago, I, I actually about seven years ago, I was fortunate enough to slow down and, and take some time off. I still was I still had a company, but I was working a lot less and I actually wasn't expanding my mind. I was actually just kind of becoming one of those guys, and I and I don't know if you visualize them or you see those guys. I was one of those guys who had a little little opportunity of time, and I would actually be able to pick out the other guys sitting out at the mall having nothing to do that were like in their forties, <laughs> like young guys that were actually like trying to mill around, like trying to figure it out. And so over the last you know probably two years, I've really sharpened my mind, and I and 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 there's a couple things I do. One is I mentor. Um, I actually am very involved with um, with what they call the UCI Cove over here in California. Just recently got involved with that as an expert in residence. So on the one hand, I'm a mentor, but on the other hand, I get to learn what's going on and pay attention to what's going on in technology and with, with startups and with the space from that from that approach. On the other hand, I have you know probably ten different interactions a week, whether they're coffees or lunches, that may or may not drive some business opportunity but truly allow me to be able to add what other people do into my you know call it my quiver you know be able to add it into when I'm talking to someone who might have that need I can help with that and I can instantly get them there I can I actually on my card I actually call myself the chief collaboration officer because that's who I am that's how I think man so. I, I love that chief collaboration officer and and you know when you're helping other people the old Zig Ziglar quote of if you just help enough other people get what they want in life, you'll always have what you want. But you're helping people, you're mentoring to them, but you learn from them as well and, and are collaborating with them. And that really is uh, really is some great, great info. Now, how about books? Do you have a favorite book that uh, that you really either like to read on a regular basis or maybe have just gotten a lot of uh, good information out of recently? You know, the one book that really sticks with me out of everything I do is is really The Tipping Point. And, you know, Malcolm Gladwell is the tipping point. And it's and it's because I think in every company, there's a time where something happens where you either have to change, you do change, but now people notice it. And so I think the tipping point is, is my biggest, is the thing that sticks with me all the time. And I actually say it on a regular basis. I mean, it's become part of my vernacular, like when I'm talking to a company, it's just that's what it is, and, and it just speaks to you when you think about the tipping point. You know, I, I love that book also. I, I quote it often, especially the part about being an expert. You know, a lot of people, they want to be an expert at stuff, and, and, and some of them are and some of them aren't. But, you know, I think it's something like it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at, at something, which is, uh, you know, there's uh, about 2,000 hours, you know, roughly in, in, a, in a year as far as working hours that most people work. And you know, so it takes about five years before you can even get close to even thinking about becoming an expert in something. But we all want to get into business and, and be the expert and, and not, you know, feel like you don't know what you're doing. But it, it normally takes a few years to, to kind of get some of those things underneath your belt. So um, with that being said, we'll wrap up this segment. And if you like what you're hearing, guys, you can go on Facebook, like us there to Ambitious Radio or follow us on Twitter and tune in after the break we'll have a brief word from our sponsors and then we'll hear more from jeff about his career pursuits his experiences and how he became an ambitious entrepreneur right here on the ambitious radio network Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. It's a day this family had dreamed of for quite some time. They were finally getting that brand new SUV. The salesperson at the auto dealership gave them the keys and told them to take it for the weekend. He'd prepared the documents and called them Monday morning. The kids had already installed the headrest DVD when the phone rang. Seems there was a problem with their credit they were unaware of. They'd have to return the SUV to the dealership immediately. Embarrassing to say the least. www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with repairmycreditnow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? 
Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. RepairMyCreditNow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com As we get back into the show, let's give a shout-out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle, but if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug? All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we've got Jeff Clyde, and we're going to talk a little bit, his, uh, a little bit about his professional experiences and some of those things. And in the break, we were kind of talking about um, kind of his entrepreneurial experience, but t- tell us about how you got into that. Was it something you purposely set out for? No, no, it wasn't purposely set out for. You know, I... I set out, I mean, I, I originally, you know, it's funny, originally back in the day, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to, I love this hotel hospitality stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to work my way into, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, managing or owning a restaurant or, you know, something like that or a hotel or whatever. Um, and then I met my wife and I ended up having an opportunity to go into the insurance field as a sales guy, as a straight commission sales guy. And I went in there and I, and I got told a couple things. I got told, you know what, it's going to take you a lot of time to your point, you know, that you said right before the, you know, the end, you said it takes five years. I got told, look, if you want to make any type of significant money, it's going to take you five years to get there. But at the end of those five years, you'll have a a revenue stream that sticks with you. And that's what I was told. And it wasn't set as revenue. It was, you know, income or whatever, but you know, you just think a little differently now, but, but it was interesting because I always thought, okay, I can, I can create a good living and I can support you know, my, my soon to be wife. And if we have kids, I can, I can make a good living and do what I need to do. And I don't have to work weekends. That's what actually really excited me was I could work five days a week and not have weekends after working a bunch of years in, uh, you know, in hospitality. And, you know, a few years into my, into working for commission, I was actually working, um, with my wife's father in a family business, but I was still a straight commission producer. And I had the opportunity to, meet a lot of people in my industry, in the insurance industry, and I actually started bringing them kind of on board because I was listening to him say, hey, we need to grow or you need to be at, you know, if you don't grow, you're out of business. But I was just a sales commission guy, so I didn't think about it. And it got to a point where I had started bringing in so many people to our world that I realized, you know, I see a a vision. I see how to get this to the next level. So I actually um, was fortunate about seven or eight years later when it was a very small operation to take some control just because of some some things that had happened. I got in, you know, in the position where I was able to make decisions and I was able to kind of bring people and and quite frankly it the, the statement was you have to take a pay cut because you make too much commission. So it's it's kind of funny. Um but that's a whole different story, but the the goal was to, you know, kind of grow this thing and figure it out. I saw a plan, I I created a plan, I created I had a vision and I actually took the company, I grew up by about 1,000% over the next several years, uh, kind of at the helm. And by the end of that, I kind of came out on the other side as a, as an, as an, I would say an accidental entrepreneur. Like I, I really didn't set out to be an entrepreneur, but I, I, I knew I couldn't just let my life be in control of other people. So I, I actually sold my shares in that um, back to my wife's family and then launched my own another company and I bought I bought assets from the, the first company and then was able to build another platform actually on on internet insurance selling selling insurance on the internet for many years but what was interesting about it was that I can't again I, there was no way I could go back to corporate life I, I truly am an accidental entrepreneur I truly am an intentional connector and if you put those two things together you know I, I even coined a phrase just the other day because I thought it was funny I was talking to somebody and I'm like I'm actually like the entrepreneur whisperer. Like that's who I am. Like I'm I'm an entrepreneur because I have to be because I get it because I can't I just I need things in my control but not because I'm a control freak just because I want to make sure that they do get done and if you leave them out of your control it's a very frustrating process. So that's where I'm at. No, that 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 makes perfect sense and you know so many people out there and there's nothing wrong with with being an employee. 
um, as an employer. Uh, a lot of times if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have to have employees for the most part. And so there's, there's, you know, different, different, uh, you know, strokes for different folks, as they say. But if you are an entrepreneurial type or a driver personality, and there's some things that it makes it difficult to put, you know, your success, uh, you know, in, in other people's hands. And so when you can kind of take it and, and, you know, make something happen, it can make a, make a huge difference. So I love that accidental entrepreneur and the intentional connector. Those are two things that really go nicely in, in kind of what you're doing now. And of course, the book that you wrote, um, can, can you tell us just a little bit about the book and, and the premise of it? Yeah. So, the, I mean, the book, the book's pretty much... When I when I got back into business uh, about two, 2013, I sold the balance of my second insurance agency um, to a division of Aon, which is a fairly large insurance broker in the world. And I was trying to figure out the next approach, and I actually found myself, believe it or not, in the mortgage world. I um, I'd never had a mortgage license, but I, I I met a guy, and I really liked him, and and he was a really good guy. And he had asked me if I could help him out with some relationships and build some relationships for him based on my old relationships to help do you know mortgage and loans and I said well if I'm going to do it I really have to know it I have to get licensed so I got licensed in all the mortgage and all these things and I found myself going in a direction I didn't even anticipate I ended up working with going to broker previews and doing all these things you do with realtors and they're good people it's just it wasn't what I even thought I was going to do I thought we were just going to go use my relationships and do what we did and you know be licensed and work together and do what we did but about a year into it I was like you know what I need to communicate differently. And it seems like every breakfast and lunch I was having with people to re-engage, they didn't know the rules of networking. They didn't know. So the, the book is actually called Networking with the Card You Were Dealt. And they didn't really know the rules on how you communicate and how you engage and how you don't make it about you and how you should be a giver and how you should truly want to help people, just like you said in the first segment. And I, I just kind of sat down and I hunkered down and started writing a book. And... Next thing you know, I had a friend who's a publisher, and my friend's like, oh, we got to publish it. I, I want to publish it. And, and so we wrote this book, and he didn't explain the fine print. You can't just write a bunch of words and give it to them, and they publish it. There's a lot more. <laughs> but when I sat down to do it, I thought, okay, you're going to publish it, so I'm going to give you a bunch of papers, and you're going to do it. But the book really, you know, it, it lays out how to communicate, how to engage, how do you interact with somebody, which circles do you find yourself at. But uh, I don't know, Doug, are you a, are you a poker guy at all? Am I a what? A poker player? Poker? You know, I've I've played in the past, um, so I'm I'm familiar with it, but I but I don't do it on a daily basis or on a regular basis anymore. Okay, so I'll just so the book was written based on Texas Hold'em. Okay, yeah, I'm and, definitely familiar was, with that. Okay, so it's written based on Texas Hold'em, and instead of using Texas Hold'em strategies, I turn the strategies into, you know, different things. So like, you know, on one hand, I talk about the tells of a great networker. On the other hand, I talk about the pot splasher. You know, the guy who goes and just hands her cards out without even caring or listening to what people say. So it actually it was done to tell a story and to give people, you know, a little antidote to my life and how that story and that life, how I was able to use that to either grow my business or develop a relationship or help somebody with their business. And then it actually gives them, you know, true steps in the book to what they're trying to accomplish. It's not necessarily what I'm trying to accomplish. It's what they can get out of their life to do whatever they have to do to move on in life. And it's not just about sales. It could be you just got out of the military, you're a veteran, you're divorced, you're widowed. You have to find a new network. You have to find a new relationship and you have to truly engage people differently than you did before. And that's what it is. It's about getting out of your comfort zone. Gotcha. Well, you know, and, and part of getting out of your comfort zone is obviously people they're comfortable they're in a groove they kind of know what to expect so there's some fears that come out of that now uh during your time of transitioning through some of those businesses is there anything any particular fear that you can recall that you're just like man i don't know if i should do this or not or anything that stands out and then if so what was it and how, how did you you know kind of overcome it and process through that you know i don't i don't think it was a fear of i don't know if i should do this or not i think it was the the opposite i think I've always moved forward thinking certain things. And I would say with the mortgage, for example, I realized, believe it or not, I, re I realized after I had to keep editing my book, I realized after reading my book, there was a line in there that told me that once you realize you're at the wrong table, you can't just make it linger. You've got to get out. You've got you to find a different circle, different network. Even though I was talking about networking, I realized 
I don't want to be a mortgage guy. That's not who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who helps people with their businesses. I'm a guy who I don't wait for people to decide when I get a loan. I'm the guy that decides how to help a company, you know, or, or even clients when I was an insurance guy, help them get to the next level. So I think, I think the only time I realized what I shouldn't be doing was after I had done it. But at the same time, I look at it and go, Okay, so during that time, it made me realize I had to write a book, made me realize I had to go in a different direction. And even with my partner, we're still partners. I'm still founder with him of, of the mortgage brokerage we have. I don't have anything to do with it, but at the same time, he's still the right person to hand off business to. He's still the right person to, you know, to do business with. So I, I don't think I, I feel good about those decisions. If, you, if, if that makes sense, I feel good about all the decisions I've made. I realized that was the decision I should have gone directly into helping others build their businesses because quite frankly, I had my dream. I built a dream. It doesn't mean I don't dream anymore, but my my dream is to see people that really want to grow their business. I want to be along for the ride and help them with their success because I hit the pinnacle with the stuff I built um, better than most people could at my age. And so I feel great about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I love the part you just said about, you know, once you realize you're at the wrong table, it's time to leave. That is very, very powerful information. And, and a lot of people, they're they're squirming around, not liking what they're doing, but yet they're not doing anything about it. So um, if you could go back at one point in, in your life and, and give yourself one piece of advice, um, what would it be at what time in your life was it? And, and, and what were you doing then? I would have paid more attention in high school leading into college. And I would have made it so that that would be the best thing for me to do because I wasted a lot of time not knowing how to do things. <laughs> you know, does that, does uh, that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, in this day and age, you know, I, w I wish I could sit around and learn all day long. That would be fantastic. That's almost like the like uh, perfect day. And, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you don't appreciate the opportunity to learn. It doesn't cost you anything. Everything's paid for. All you got to do is just just listen and learn. And uh, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I, I agree with you. I wish I could go back and uh, no telling what I could have accomplished. I would have paid a little bit more attention in, in school. So anyway, <laughs> that's uh, that's good, so. good stuff for our uh, ambitious listeners. And if you, again, if you like what you hear and you want to be updated on what's going on on Ambitious Radio, you can text and subscribe there by texting the word ambitious. That's A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S to 69922. Text the word ambitious to 69922. Standard message rates apply, apply see the website for full details and next we're going to be talking more to jeff about the ambitious things that he's doing you know right now and then really what's next on his agenda right here on the ambitious radio network Hey, ambitious listeners, you hear us interviewing entrepreneurs all the time, and there's a common theme. They want to be more productive and improve their communication. As an ambitious entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. The Ambitious Radio Network recently partnered with Grasshopper to offer our listeners a special discount. Log on to ambitiousradio.com and click on the Grasshopper banner in the bottom right-hand corner. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Sound professional with a main greeting and multiple extensions that forwards callers to your mobile phone or others in your organization. Get a toll-free free number or local number for your business with multiple extensions. Set up each extension with custom call forwarding to any phone in the world. Get your voicemails emailed to you as an audio attachment or transcribed an email. Keep business calls separate from your personal calls. Plans start at $12 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember to click on the Grasshopper banner at ambitiousradio.com for a special discount for our listeners. Join the over 150,000 small business owners that have stayed connected with Grasshopper. See how Grasshopper works? It's the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn the world into your office. Back in here on the show, it's Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system? Consider grasshopper.com. You get to keep your existing number, you have multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system. Let's get back to the show with Doug Parker. 
All right, we're back on Ambitious Radio, and I am just learning all kinds of great, great information on Mr. Jeff Clyde today on Ambitious Radio. I, I really have enjoyed I'm making notes. I've got all these golden nuggets he's sharing with us, but I um, want to dive in just a little bit and talk. You know, I know you're doing a business consulting firm now, and so is that where you're deriving the majority of your revenue from now, or, or you know, how does that work? Yeah, that's that's where I spend a lot of my time. I, I mean, I do speak and I do speak uh, locally and I actually just spoke at a convention in Florida, which isn't locally. I spent a few days, but that was actually uh, helping out a fraternity, happened to be my fraternity, but it was the college kids now and it was an entrepreneurial session and I got to spend three days engaging with the kids and really thinking, you know, understanding the, the millennials and the generations. I, you know, I, I'm kind of both. Like I, I I want to have a voice that makes a difference. I, I have a lot of respect for people that, you know, speak and engage and motivate. I just feel like sometimes just because you do that and you get people excited, they can't execute all the excitement you gave them. And so I like the hands-on working with a company, knowing that I'm helping their employees go in a certain direction, maybe, you know, maybe sell better and be better and make more commission. At the same time, I'm helping the principal you know, figure out what they want to be. Are they the rainmaker? Do they not want to be the rainmaker? Do they want an exit strategy that allows them to keep owning it and not be involved? And I like all of that. So I, I really enjoy being involved with a company from the top down and the bottom up and actually strategizing, implementing, and then truly executing and rolling up my sleeves. I really enjoy that. It's, it's yeah. exciting to me. Yeah, that, well, that makes that makes a lot of difference, and there's a lot of people that are at different stages of their business, whether it's, you know, they're kicking it off, and, and they're doing, they got every hat, they're the janitor and chief bottle washer and everything else, or like you said, they're the rainmaker. You know, they're they're not doing some of the maybe administrative type things, they're just, they've, they've gotten beyond that, or maybe they're at the other end of the spectrum, they're at the, the end of the season, where they're like, look, I've made it rain, now I just want to take some of my toys and go play somewhere elsewhere. And, uh, and so do you help walk them through that process as far as like an exit and preparing for an exit and do you do business brokering or do you have someone that you help f that, that, that helps you facilitate that form or how does that work? Yes, it's funny. So I, 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 it's just, I actually, because I collaborate with so many people and because I'm surrounded by so many people and, you know, I'll call it Rolodex, people will call it a database. I've got a Rolodex that's been built over 20 plus years of handshakes. And I can absolutely surround myself with people. Like to your point, yes, I have a, I have a friend who's specifically an M&A guy, specifically an exit strategist. He works three years with a company specifically for how we position to get them to sell. I have another guy who's a process guy. He figures out how to cut you costs, save you costs, buy new equipment, do what you do. You know, have some human resource relationships, have some digital marketing strategists. You know, so I'm, I'm surrounded by all those people. But at the same time, I don't want to just strategize. And so if I can be involved in that aspect of it, then I very much am. But I also will say, like, I have, you know, I, I have friends who are coaches, you know, they're business coaches and they focus on coaching. And although I can absolutely do that, I've been in my own forum for years on an entrepreneurial level called EO, you know, if you've ever heard of EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, yep. or YPO, or one of those, like, I, I've been in that for, you know, I, many, many years, but, but yeah, I, I, I've actually recently, even though a lot of people say, well, how do you scale a consulting practice? Um, I've actually recently had a lot of people say to me, you know what, you need to scale, and you need to bring guys just as qualified as you, bring them on, at a different level than say a price waterhouse or you know a different level than some of these other guys that are truly national firms to really help the middle guy really help the small business person understand you know what their options are and which one of your people is going to do it so i'm, I'm actually toying with it I, I don't know it concerns me because a lot of times people go into consulting because it's between what they want to do and I actually figured out, no, this is what I want to do. As an insurance guy for 20 years, I was really a consultant, but I had to sell them the product first before I was able to tell them how to use it. And now I don't have to sell them the product first, and I can tell them how to use it. So that's exciting to me. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like lots of lots of fun there. Now, so, and it's kind of funny, that's where I was transitioning into was what was next uh, for you. So you're, it sounds like you're, 
you know, you've, you've exited a couple businesses successfully. You've gotten a lot of experience. Now you're, you know, using that to help others. And now it's kind of that putting it all back together again, where possibly you're looking at scaling it and growing this thing all over again. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you know, you've, you've done a few things. So what does retirement, you know, potentially look like for a guy like you? I, I don't know exactly how old you are or anything else, but you know, you've exited several businesses. So is this something you think you want to keep on doing forever or do you want to slow down at some point and just, uh, you know, just take some time off and, and travel or, or what, what's your thoughts on, you know, kind of what does that look like? So I'll give you a couple of answers. One is I was lucky. There was a three year period where I didn't I still had to work, but I was in shorts and flip flops every day. And my office was no, no more than three miles from my house. So I think I already had that moment um, Two, I'll be 48 next month. I'm too young. I'm way too young. And I got an opportunity at very young age to, to have some success, you know, faster than some, even though it was later than my friends who finished school sooner. Right. Like it was one of those weird balances. Um, and thirdly, no, I can't stop at all. I mean, I've got I've got two kids going in multiple directions and I've got a family to provide for and and I'm not done. I can't be done. I thought I was done, but uh, that's not what happens when you, you know, when you build a company a certain way. It's not how, it's not how it happens. You have to figure it out. So I don't have the luxury of, of sitting back. I I have the luxury of still maintaining control over what I'm deciding on how I move forward and I like that. That's that's probably the one thing I do enjoy. But but no, I mean I I see I see it probably at you know 10 years, maybe 10 or 12 years that I really focus on creating a really good best in class experience for people very similar to the best-in-class experiences I built across the board, which, by the way, I mean, that's my mantra. That's what I did. I built my companies were designed to provide the best customer service you can imagine and give people the best experience they could have. And it worked two times. Even when I, even when I sold insurance on the Internet, we fielded 100 calls a day with three people and, you know, very rarely did we have someone say, you didn't, you didn't get back to me in time. And so it was a great, that's what I want to do again. Okay. Okay. I, I got you. And, and that's, you know, I was listening to something the other day and, and it was talking about how for some reason in this day and age, people are really, you know, once they get to a, a certain age, maybe it's 55 or 60 or whatever, there's this kind of put them out the pasture mentality of retirement and, and these kind of things, which was just created like in the last, you know, I don't know, 80 or a hundred years or something before that, you know, people just kind of worked until they you know, died or whatever, you know, they just did stuff they like to do and they just kept doing it. And like you, you know, I, I really, uh, I, I can't really imagine not working now. I could imagine slowing down a little bit or, or changing stuff up a bit, but, um, but, but yeah, it's, you know, you've got all the experience. We talked about that tipping point of, of becoming an expert at something. Well, by the time you're, you know, 55, 60, 65, 70 years old, as long as you still got your wits about you and, and you can move around, man, you're leaving a lot of wisdom on the table uh, that others can learn from if, if you just check out and, and goof off all the time. So anyway, the, the idle mind can, uh, can, can, can be a bad thing also. But um, with, that, with that being said, um, you know, mentoring, I know you said you like to do that with folks. You get a lot out of it. Is there anyone that, that is mentoring you or that you're following that you tend to get great information from? Yeah, you know, I, I actually like, I like Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Uh, he goes by, yeah, I mean, you know who he is, but uh, he, you know, I like watching him. I'm a big fan of Instagram. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I'm actually, I have a ball on Snapchat because I think it's the greatest thing in the world. Yesterday, actually, I was, I was, <laughs> I was ranting about uh, a client being out of my control and uh, I just wish I could have got stuff done. But uh, by the end of the day, I, 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 I pulled back my rant, but uh, no, I like watching and learning and I, and I like people telling stories throughout the day or throughout the thing. And I, and I know that, you know, his is very much intentional. You know, it's very calculated. It's very planned. It's very whatever. But at the same time, I believe he's genuine and I like it. And so I enjoy, you know, I enjoy that style. There's a lot of people out there. And it's funny you said that about, you know, the five-year rule, you know, the 2000 hours a week, the five years, 
I struggle with a lot of people that have really had some success because, you know, the Internet, the and that's not just the Internet, I mean, it's 20 years, 25 years old now, but the you know, social media and the platforms and, and Amazon, you put all that together, you can sell anything, you can do anything, you can make as much money as you want, and you can be a social media guru. And when I look at some of these guys, you know, that that said, oh, yeah, all my life I wanted to do this, and then they're 24. And you're like, and you're like, you know, it's like, and, and you don't doubt their sincerity, you don't doubt their ability, whatever. But their ability comes from what they're doing. Where Gary, you know, he's a young guy, but he's built a business, he's built a successful business, he's hustled, and and it comes out in his passion. If you know, if I could be the Gary V for the rest of us, I would do it every day of the week. Like if I could sit in a room with, you know, with business owners and make them understand that their employees don't necessarily have the skill to do what their owner wants them to do or they don't necessarily have the passion to get out of their own way and I'm not not knocking employees because employees are great people and I I would be one if somebody would hire me and feel good that I could do it and actually listen to me for the value I bring but sometimes employees don't see the the culture or the mission or something and so they're not as passionate sometimes owners don't see the employees passion and wanting to be there but maybe they don't t they take it for granted that they can't you know give their all so like when I see Gary V surrounded by, you know, his employees and interacting and treating them, you know, on a, on a more level playing field. I like that. I think it's a good I think it's a good fit for where we should be going as business people. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. And and uh, I've, I've had uh, Gary V come up a couple times on the show over the past uh, couple couple months. And, um, you know, it's great, great content. Uh, it's not something you want to watch with your uh, or listen to either one, with, you know, with your kiddos, because um, he tells it like it is and he doesn't yeah. hold back. But uh, but it really is great, great information. And and and, and this is as well. I'm, I'm really enjoying all the great uh, quality content that, that you're bringing to our listeners, and it really is uh, really a, a great information for the ambitious listeners. So again, once we hear a, a little bit from our sponsors that make this possible, we'll be right back with Jeff when we talk about what he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. Home ownership. It's the American dream. It's a goal you've always hoped to achieve. You've spent countless weekends looking for the perfect house on the ideal block. The rates are low and you've saved enough for the down payment. Unfortunately, now the mortgage company says there's a little hitch. Okay, let's be honest. It's a gigantic, gargantuan hitch. It's your credit. And it looks like your estimated house payment will be <laughs> a lot more www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with repairmycreditnow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to repairmycreditnow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. Repairmycreditnow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit, made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to AmbitiousRadio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker. All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network. We've got Jeff Clyde. He's a successful entrepreneur, author, and business strategist. And we've just talked about all the hard-charging and energetic, ambitious things he's been doing for the past you know, 20-plus years, 30 years, whatever it's been. And now we're kind of to the point where... Um, you know, we're, we're really kind of winding it down. So winding down the show, but let's talk about what you do to recharge because, you know, a lot of people, they grind it out, they look up and, you know, they've, they've passed their prime and they hadn't had any fun in life. So you, you got to make sure to, to, to enjoy life a little bit. So what is it that you do to recharge whenever you're out there really grinding it out? You know, on, on any given day, you know, I try to get as much done as I can in the middle. You know, from the time I, you know, 
get going either i go to straight to a meeting or i go you know drop my kid off or whatever whatever that day brings and then you know by the night time you know i try not to get bogged down with the work i have to do and if i do i do it after like my you know my now i only have one son at home now the other one's off at school um or my wife and i will go to a movie or we'll do something but on a regular basis you know we live here in in california and believe it or not i go to disneyland a lot <laughs> even after all those years of telling you about it i go to disneyland and i actually sometimes sit on the same bench i sat on when i used to go to the park to watch people and i i just enjoy it and and i might only go for a few hours we have a pass and and i enjoy it i like i like hanging out there there's something about it i also uh once a year this time of year is our favorite time of year we actually build i don't know if you you remember the the movie beetlejuice oh yeah the, Okay, so the Michael Keaton movie, we actually build an eight-foot square train table, and we open it up to all the neighbors and for Halloween, for on Halloween night, and it literally has houses and trains and lights, and, and it looks like a live town, and it's, you know, it's really just amazing to do it, and, and we work on it for about two months. Um, we're actually a little sluggish this year. Like, I did a bunch of stuff, and then I stopped, and now uh, Monday I plan on coming back and doing some more. I'm going out of town tomorrow for... Um, Actually, it's for my high school reunion, so I'm going to be a gun. But um, the the great part about it is it just just thinking about it, even if I'm not doing it all year round, I look forward to it. It's something that's fun. And and then, again, because we live in Orange County, California, you know, it's 70 degrees average any given day. You know, I live like it's on vacation sometimes. I can literally leave here and in 20 minutes be looking at the water down in Newport Beach and just kind of sit there you know we can get dinner or we can just even just sit there and my son and i could ride our bikes it's it's pretty cool and and, and you got to keep that balance by the way and i think i think kids keep you that way like even if you've got you know every single thing in your life on your mind at that time your kids don't care and so you got to figure out how to make that moment count and then you go back to your you know go back to whatever you got to deal with you know, uh, I always like to kind of reiterate this, not because I did the best job in the world at it, uh, you know, 20 years of just absolute grind um, for me, my adult life. My wife and I have been married a couple of decades, but I've got, you know, two two adult children. But, you know, I, I read this at some point, and it just says, you know, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's one of those True. kind of deals where when you're trying to make it happen and make a name for yourself and grow your businesses or whatever, you know, it's it's – you not you people sometimes me you know i can take for granted the the people you just know your wife's going to be there and your kids are going to be there and then you look up and they are there but they're not the same you know the, the my, my kids that are 19 and 21 now uh they're not the little kids anymore and you can't you know uh, have the same in, you know, impact on them when they're 19 and 21 as you could when they were 9 and 11 or or one in three or whatever the case is. And so it makes makes a huge difference. That's great that you're able to do some of those things and have those magical times, as they say, at uh, in Disney. But um, so what what about, um, you know, tr travel? Do you do you do much traveling or do you really just do everything kind of right there in your own backyard? You know, I don't do much traveling. We 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 actually, you know, we've been to a lot of places we used to for different events in my old business we used to go travel a lot once a year we used to go to hawaii and we used to go to some other places and countries but you know we, we live in an environment where you don't need to travel you know you can you can you can literally disconnect pretty quickly so so we don't do that um i i i know there's some places we'd like to go you know but not often. <laughs> we don't like to fly. I mean, I don't know. We're we're simple. We're simple, boring people. It's very funny. We uh, we're just not. You know, my wife and I like we we'd rather put on sweats and go sit at a movie, and then we'd you know rather go sit you know by the water. We also we have a little electric boat in the harbor, so we do cruise around the harbor, and and you know we take our kid and take our fun, and so you know it, it's simple stuff. Well, you just happen to be in a, in an area where there's lots of stuff to do and you're real close to it. Cause it's, it, it's simple, but you know, going to the beach, going to Disneyland, you know, that's still pretty, uh, you know, pr pretty, uh, active, uh, folks. And so that's, that's, that's great stuff. So how about rest? I mean, how much sleep does it take for you to, uh, to kind of get back, uh, recharged? 
That's funny. Now you're making me feel like I take it for granted. I don't take it for granted, just so you know. <laughs> I, do, I do know what we have. I really don't. I mean, I, but I know that's what we can do. So we don't need to go anywhere and we just don't. We, we, spend, we spend our time and our, our money differently to be around here. Um, you know, I, I would say I try to go to bed, try to disconnect and go to bed and get, you know, six to seven hours sleep. And, and it, you know, I would say it's easy for me to go to sleep. Because I just say, you know what, can't do anything about it until tomorrow. But then I do wake up sometimes before I'm supposed to, and then it's just on my mind. So I have a, you know, I think a lot of people can't go to sleep. I go to sleep. A lot of people, you know, don't wake up. I wake up. It's, uh, it's very, it's kind of a backwards thinking, I think, because I, I, I know what I can control, and I know if, you know, if I can't do anything until I talk to someone at eight o'clock in the morning, then that's when, I, that's when I have to worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have a daily rhythm? Do you try to wind down at a certain time every night and make sure you're in bed before whatever uh, and get up at the same time? Or is it just you just try to get six or seven hours of sleep? Yeah. You know, by the time we kind of sit down and wind down, it's probably, you know, 8.30 or, or 9. We probably sit there for a couple hours. And, and usually we, we watch TV either just my wife and I or, or my son and, until he goes to bed. And then we sit there for about another hour. Probably we probably spend an extra hour more than we should because we probably between ten forty five and eleven is probably when we call it a night. And you know, sometimes we're still kind of up a little, but it yeah, I guess it would be it'd be pretty it'd be pretty standard. I mean, I do go out to some events at night, but I still I would I would say they're not late. They're not late events. And then in the morning, you know, the world the latest the world starts moving around here is about six thirty. Um, I sometimes go spin at uh 5 45 in the morning ride uh, ride a bike that doesn't go anywhere <laughs> and, and that's what i do but um i need actually my routine was really good i actually got to get back into the normal routine my routine is i should be getting up at 5 30 and i should be out of the house for 45 minutes to an hour and come back at 6 30 and just make it happen and I, i'm i i've been slowly trying to get back to that but it takes a lot of work mentally it's tough yep absolutely well we're kind of wrapped up the show and i really want to thank you for you know for all of your time today and and just as we kind of close it out if you could make a request of of our listeners is there anything any way they could engage with you are you social uh how, how would you uh, uh like for somebody to reach out to you if they need some business consulting or something along those lines you know the best way to reach out to me i am very easy to find at Jeff at jeffclyde.com, Jeff K L E I D dot com. I am all over Facebook as you know Jeff Clyde, and Snapchat Jeff Clyde, and Twitter Jeff Clyde. And the only thing that I'm not uh, Jeff Clyde is I'm J D Clyde on Instagram. But yeah, I mean if someone or if they want to go to cardyourdelt.com, which is actually my business site for Jeff Clyde Consulting, they can absolutely check it out. And you know if 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 the business owners decided that something's got to change and they believe that it has to do with sales or marketing and how they approach a new market or or by the way if they decide it wants to change it doesn't have to change i mean if they want to go in a new direction you know before you know before our interview i spent time with two friends of mine put them both together and they're going to create a whole nother arm of one of the guys companies and it just makes sense so it, it's just that's you know i just see this stuff clearer than most so cardyourdelt.com is probably a, a good fit also cool all right man well hey appreciate you so much and guys tune in wednesdays to ambitious radio where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs that are changing the faces of their organizations remember you can make money or you can make excuses but you cannot make both so go out there and be ambitious thank you for listening to the ambitious radio network hosted by serial entrepreneur doug parker Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.